wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, and we're going to read from verse 1 of the chapter. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25, beginning at verse 1 of this chapter. Leviticus chapter 25, beginning our reading at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years, excuse me, six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beast that are in thy land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years, unto thee seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee uh, forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound, on the tenth day of the seventh month, in the day of atonement, shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. And ye shall return every man into his possession, and ye shall return every man into his, unto his family. A jubilee shall, uh, shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed, for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee, ye shall return every man unto his possession. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or buyest aught of thy neighbor's hand, ye shall not oppress one another." According to the number of years after the jubilee, thou shalt buy of thy neighbor, and according unto the number of years of the fruits, he shall sell unto thee. According to the multitude of years, thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of years, thou shalt diminish the price of it. For according to the number of the years of the fruits, doth he sell unto thee. Ye shall not therefore oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. Amen. We know the Lord again will bless the reading of his precious word to our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just unite again in a word of prayer. Our loving God, our gracious Father, we turn to thee in our Saviour's name, and we thank thee for these provisions that God has given for rest, for renewal, for blessing for his people. Our God, we thank thee that thou art a God who looks down upon us. Thou dost know our frailties. Thou dost know our weaknesses. And, O God, we thank thee 
that in the midst of everything, in spite of all our weaknesses, we thank Thee for Thy grace and mercy to our souls. And our Father, we pray even as we look at these things today, might recognize that we worship a, 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 a merciful and a, a, a long-suffering, a patient God. And, O oh, Father, we thank Thee today that Thou art one who is gracious to forgive. So, Lord, bless and help us today as we gather around Thy Word, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, the 6th of February this year marked the 70th anniversary of the accession of Queen Elizabeth to the monarchy of Britain, the Commonwealth, and all of the realms that she is the head of. And this, uh, the 6th of February, was uh, accession day, and it was the uh, time when the Queen uh, became the longest, uh, or became the first one to have a platinum jubilee. Henry III was the first one to have a golden jubilee, 50 years, in 1266. Then Queen Victoria became the first one to have a diamond jubilee, marking 60 years on the throne, and that was in 1897. But this is the first platinum jubilee that we've ever had. Now, to celebrate, there have been unprecedented uh, events and all sorts of uh, different uh, small parties up into big parties. On uh, Thursday there, there was the Trooping of the Colour, which more normally marks the Queen's official birthday. birthday. Then uh, the, on Friday, there was the service in St. Paul's Cathedral, uh, which the Queen couldn't attend. And then there was party uh, 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 yesterday, uh, on along the mall. So there have been many celebrations, not only on the national scale, but also on the local scale. And we had our own little celebration here on uh, Friday night. And we thank God for the uh, reign of our Queen, the 70 years of service that she has given, not only in the nation, but across the world, in the Commonwealth, and so on. Now, I was thinking about the Jubilee. This is a platinum Jubilee. It's really a, a modern invention, um, all of these other Jubilees, because a Jubilee in the Bible, of course, was to mark 50 years. And we read about it. The word Jubilee actually comes from a Hebrew word, uh, Jubel or Yubel, and it means the long, loud blast of the trumpet. And there was a trumpet sound, and it was to mark that this was to be a joyful time, and it was to call the people uh, to rest and to renewal. And that was what the Jubilee was about. It was a Sabbath of Sabbaths. Every seven years, the Jews left the land fallow, and they would rest. And God gave these periods of rest every so often, because God knows that we uh, people, humans as we are, weak as we are, we need rest. But then every seven sevens, every seven Sabbaths of years, there was an extra Sabbath. This was the Jubilee year after 50 years. Look at verse 10 there, it says, And ye shall hallow the 50th year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a Jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, 
and ye shall return every man unto his family. So this was a year of blessing and a year of benefit to the people, a time of regeneration, a time when they would recognize that God was in charge, that God was sovereign, and that God was in control of all of these things. So when you came to the 40th, ninth year, that was a Sabbath, and that was a time of rest. And then it came to the 50th year, so there was two years of rest together. And this would have been looked forward to by the people. They knew it was a time of celebration, and it was a time of blessing for them. But more blessed beyond that is that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, identified himself with the Jubilee. Do you remember one time when he was asked to read in the synagogue? And he, we read it in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 19. And these are the words that he read. He says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that passage, as, you, as we look at the Jubilee for a few minutes, that passage really has to do with the Jubilee. Because all of those things, this acceptable year of the Lord, all of the things that he mentions are to do with the Jubilee. So he's saying, I am the fulfillment of the Jubilee. I am the one who has come to bring you the Jubilee. And thank God today that we can say that the Lord Jesus Christ is our Jubilee. The Jubilee year was the year when the captives were set free, when the debts were cleared, when the land was returned and renewed and there was rest and there was celebration. And my, what a wonderful thing that we find these things all in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate the Platinum Jubilee of Her Majesty the Queen, I pray that we might have a real Jubilee, that we might be set free, that we might find rest, and that we might find blessing in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So just for a few minutes at the end of our meeting, I want us just to think about what the Bible has to say here about the Jubilee. And first of all, I want you to notice its commencement. Look at verse 9 of the portion of Scripture here, Leviticus 25. It says, Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. So you'll notice it's the tenth day of the seventh month, and you'll notice that in the day of atonement you'll make the trumpet to sound. So the Jubilee starts on the eve of the Day of Atonement. And what is the Day of Atonement? Well, the Day of Atonement, also known by the Jews today, and I suppose always as Yom Kippur, but it was the day when the high priest would enter into the holiest in the tabernacle or in the temple, and they would sprinkle the blood. First of all, it usually was about the 1st of October, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, And first of all, the high priest would get 
a bullock for himself that he bought with his own money, and that bullock would be slain, and then he would uh, uh, he would uh, uh, shed the blood for his himself, and he would uh, make atonement as it were for himself, and then having done that, he'd put on the white robes, and these white robes were the robes that were being used for the day of atonement. And then they would take two goats and they would cast lots for the goats. And one of the goats uh, would be chosen and it would have the name for Jehovah. And that goat would be taken and slain and its blood would be sprinkled upon the mercy seat in the holiest of all. The high priest would enter into the holiest of all. He was the only person that ever went in there, not without blood. But he went with the blood to make atonement for the people. And then he would take the blood and he would sprinkle upon the second goat. And when the first goat had the name for Jehovah, the second goat would have the name for Ahazazel, Ahazazel which means really for the devil. And that goat having, or the, the, he would place his hands rather upon the second goat and really put in the sins of the people upon the second goat. And then that goat would be laid out into the wilderness, never to be seen anymore. And of course, it's a great picture of what our Savior has done on the cross of Calvary. Took two goats to fulfill the picture. But you think of how the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. He's the one who offers his own blood. And he offers not the blood of a bullock or of a goat, but he offers his own blood. And we think of how he entered into the holy places, not made with hands, which are figures of the true. He went into the holy place in heaven and there brought his own blood as an atonement for you and for me. And not only does he, is he represented by the goat that was slain, but he is represented by the goat that had the sins put upon it. And we think of how as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us and hath had compassion upon us. And we think of all of this. And this was the basis, this was the uh, surrounding circumstances of the Jubilee. It started on the Day of Atonement because all of our blessings, all of our riches, all that we have, really if it's any consequence whatsoever, if it's any lasting value, it is founded upon what our Savior has done for us. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And dear friend, the basis of rest and blessing we're going to see is uh, contained in the Jubilee, is founded in what our Savior accomplished there on the cross of Calvary. Without that, there is no blessing. Without that, there is no rest. Without that, there is no liberty to the captive. And dear friend, if you want liberty and blessing and rest in your soul today, you'll find it upon the basis of the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only do I want you to see the commencement of this year, but I want you to think about its communication, how it was announced, how it was made known, or how it started Look again at verse 9 of the portion of Scripture. 
It says, Then thou shalt cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Now, you'll know that in many royal occasions, it happened at the uh, service in St. Paul's, the state trumpeters of the um, household cavalry will sound the fanfare. And the fanfare is to signify, first of all, sit up and take notice, but it also is to signify that something very important is taking place, that this has the uh, blessing or it has the stamp of royalty upon it. And much the same is to do with the blowing of these trumpets here in the, the day of Jubilee. And when you see that the trumpet then was to be heard perceptively, in other words, or loudly or whatever you want to say, they were to hear it. They were to hear it and they were to understand what it was. Now, the trumpet here, sometimes you get commentators who will say that these are the silver trumpets, but I think, no, it's the shofar horns, which were ram's horns. I wonder if you've ever heard, saw the pictures or seen the pictures of uh, on the new year, the Jewish new year, they will sound the ram's horns. And they uh, did that on the Day of Atonement as well. They would sound the ram's horns, the shofar horns. And this is likely what the horns were here as well. But we think about the um, message here. And it was a message of renewal. That's really what happens on the New Year, the Jewish New Year. That's why they sound the shofar horns, because the message is still, still the same. You're going into a new year. Renewal. Start again. Start afresh. It's a fresh start. And that's what the meaning of this is as well. It also speaks of repentance, of leaving behind that which has gone before, that which uh, you're sorry for, those things that have defiled the name of God, you're repenting of those things. So that's really what the sounding of the trumpets set up and take notice. But also, there is a time of renewal, a time of repentance, or a time of turning away from the old and turning towards the new, turning towards God. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, we read, How then shall they call on him on whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You see, as they sounded these horns, God wanted the people to hear. And you'll find there, if you read, you'll find that not only were the horns sounded in Jerusalem, but they were sounded throughout the whole land. So there are different horns sounding throughout the land. So not only just the people in Jerusalem or the people that were near the temple would hear, but everybody would hear. And that's what God wants with his word. He wants it to be heard everywhere. He wants it to be heard clearly. The message of repentance, the message that you can be renewed by the Holy Ghost and you can be regenerated and born again of the Spirit of God. What a message that is in a day of oppression, in a day when many have turned away from God. What a message it is that we have to proclaim. So they needed to hear the message loudly, perceptively, understandably, any of those words will do. But then, then not only were they to hear the trumpet perceptively, but they were to hear it clearly. 
There's a clear, clarity about a, pr- a trumpet. Now, the shofar horn is a very different kind of a thing. If you've ever seen, maybe it's sort of, twi- it is a ram's horn, just a very long ram's horn. There is a very peculiar sound out of a shofar horn. But it is clear. It is clear. And God wants us to hear the message clearly. Not uh, with any obscurity. Uh, it is to be sounded out. It is to be heard in the land. There are many preachers today who would want to obscure the true message of the Bible. Hide some of the parts of it about hell or wrath or judgment or some of these things. But my, the Lord wants the message to be heard clearly. We're not to be afraid. Oh, the world would want to make us afraid. The devil would want to shut our mouths today. But the message is to be heard with clarity in the land. And it is our job to make that word known. Not only is it to be heard with clarity, but as we said, widely. It was to be, if you look again at verse 9, the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land, not just in one place, but all over the land. And thank God that the Lord sent out his disciples, and he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And we still have that duty, to preach the gospel in all the world, to bring the word to those who are lost and still in their sin and in their darkness. And each one of us have that duty to make the gospel known. Maybe young person or even older person, God would call you to go and make the word. Well, he calls us all to make it known in different ways, whatever sphere we may be in. But it may be that you might go to the far reaches to bring the message of salvation to those who need it. But we think of uh, the commencement of this uh, Day of Atonement and its communication. It was to be clear and loud. It was to be with uh, perception. They were to perceive the message of renewal and regeneration and repentance. And that's the same in this day today. But not only do I want you to see the commencement of the day of, uh, or the uh, year of, of Jubilee, and we say, saw something of the communication of the day of Jubilee, but I want you to think about its character. Now, when these uh, trumpets sounded on the year of Jubilee, what did it mean? Well, if you read in the portion of Scripture, you will see that there are a number of re- uh, meanings or things that were to happen. What, what happened on the day or on the year of Jubilee? What was it that marked out the year of Jubilee? Uh, we have said that the Lord said that he was to bring liberty to the captives and he was to open the prisons and all these things that uh, so on. And all of these things we're going to see now. What was it that marked out the year of Jubilee? Well, if you look at the portion of Scripture, you will see many of them here in this portion. First of all, you'll notice that there was to be rest from toil. Look at verse 11 of Leviticus chapter 25. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. So there was to be a rest from their labors. There was ease. So the idea of the year of Jubilee then uh, was the idea 
of ease from labors. And that's a basic idea here. Uh, they were to sit back and reflect, really, on uh, their lives. They were to think about the Lord, reflect on the history of the land, to remember the blessings that God had given them in times gone by, and to remember all that God had been to them. And we, too, can do the same. We can reflect on God's goodness to us in our lives and to the nation and to the way God has given us liberty to preach the gospel, how the word of God has sounded out in this land and the word of God has been carried from this land to other lands. We're not the only ones that that's true of, but it has been true of this land historically. And we thank God for that heritage and for that blessing. We thank God for those that stood for the crown rights of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in days gone by. Those that stood for the Word of God, proclaimed the Word of God, sought to stand for the Word of God in a, a day gone by. And we rejoice in that today. We can take our blessings for granted, but God has given us rest. It says in Hebrews 4 verse 3, For ye which ha have believed to enter into rest. And isn't that a wonderful thing, to have rest? You know, there are many people today that don't have any rest. Don't have any rest in their conscience. Don't have any rest in their souls and in their hearts. Because their, their, their lives are turned upside down. Sometimes people depend upon things or forge out or think about a certain career. And then after a while, all of that begins to fade. All of that begins to be destroyed. It lies and flitters before them. People make relationships and the relationships are broken. And other uh, disease enters in or death enters in or uh, something else enters in. And we have a, a, a life that is full of trials and tribulations and all the rest of it. What did the Lord Jesus say? Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sometimes we don't know what to do or where to turn in the midst of our trials and our difficulties. But the Lord Jesus says, you don't need to be in turmoil today. You don't need to, to sit in anguish today. You don't need to be turn, turning over in your stomach, what, wondering what you're going to do tomorrow. The Lord says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I give you rest. And what a rest he gives to those that are trusting in him. Is your faith strong today? Are you leaning upon your beloved today? Oh, thank God for the rest from toil. But then also you'll notice that in the year of Jubilee, there's release from prison. Look at uh, verse 10 of Leviticus 25. And ye shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. So the captives were set free here. What did the Savior say in Luke chapter 4? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. And the Lord has come to set the prisoner free. There are so many that are bound up by their sin. They are held fettered by the devil. 
held captive by him at his will. Oh, maybe by habits, maybe maybe by sins. Dear friend, you're held captive by these things and you can't get free. I think of the Tsar of Russia way back in 1864 and he proclaimed a liberty to all the serfs of Russia. And the serfs weren't exactly slaves. They had nominally a freedom. But they couldn't go anywhere and they couldn't do anything without the say-so of their master. So in reality, they were slaves. But in 1864, the Tsar of Russia uh, proclaimed emancipation for all of the serfs of Russia. My, what rejoicing there was in the land. It was greeted by joy. It was greeted by parties. It was greeted by all sorts of joy in the midst of the streets because they were set free. But dear friend, you have a greater freedom than that. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. And there's freedom, perfect liberty to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is release from prison. And then there is rejoicing in our blessing. The Jubilee year was a year of great joy. And they would celebrate. My thank God for the fact that in God's presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Lord wants to bring joy and gladness into our lives. And he does. Thank God for the joy that we have in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's rejoicing in our blessings. Do you count your blessings today? Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Oh, let's rejoice today. And then there's the rest, restoration of possessions. Look at verse 13. In the year of this jubilee, ye shall return every man unto his possession. Now, what was that about? Well, it spoke of the lordship of Christ. Because you'll remember when the children of Israel entered into the promised land, that God apportioned every part of the land to different tribes. So each tribe had a portion of the land. So this really, in some ways, was to safeguard the land um, going out of the different tribes that it would stay in the allotments that God had given so every 50 years, all of the land would return back to the person that owned it. Didn't, if you had bought the portion of land and it was 12 years before the Jubilee, you'd have the land for 12 years and then it would go back to the person that owned it originally. Or if you had uh, bought or got the land for 20 years before the Jubilee, you would have the land for 20 years, but then it went back to the person that had it originally. And this was God's way of saying, not only uh, were you to keep my allotments, but he's saying, I own everything. I own everything. He's the one who owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He's the one who apportioned everything. And he is the mighty sovereign God that we serve. Not only was there restoration of possessions, there's return from exile. We think of how the banished ones would have made their way home. Every man was returned unto his possession. Maybe somebody had sold their portion in order to pay their debts. Now they're coming home. Coming home to the place where they had left. They got themselves into trouble. But now they're coming home. Dear friend, 
there's a time for coming home. Maybe you've wandered away from God, got yourself into trouble, got yourself into debt in the world, but now, and you're, you've been driven from the possessions, as it were, that God has given you, and you're a backslider. Well, you need to come home. Come home in the jubilee and find the Lord Jesus Christ. There's release from debt too. Look at Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 to 2. At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it, and he shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Actually, there are many economists now that are taking this up. Um, they're calling it a, a debt jubilee, and they're um, saying that the country should give the poorer countries a debt jubilee. But this was, comes from the Word of God, the jubilee when the debts were settled. I'm glad today that there's one who will settle my debt. You think of the Lord's prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's freedom from debt. There's freedom from captivity. There's freedom from bondage in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the great jubilee. And as we think of the jubilee of our monarch, what a greater jubilee has God given to those that love and trust him. And as you think about the jubilee, maybe over the next number of days, may we rest in him and find release and rejoicing in our blessed Redeemer. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for thy precious word to our hearts today. Lord, we're thinking of the Platinum Jubilee. There's been much rejoicing in our land over that, many parties and street gatherings and all sorts of things that have taken place. But, O oh God, we thank thee for the greater Jubilee that we're looking forward to throughout all eternity. We thank that there's rest and release. There is rejoicing in our God. Bless us now, we pray of thee. Take us to our homes in safety. And be with us now throughout the rest of this day. Bless the going forth of thy word tonight. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen.